Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and there's no regular Slash Filmcast episode this week. We're taking a week off after a really intense summer, uh, but didn't want to leave you guys high and dry with nothing to listen to this week. So what I've done here is I've put together a couple of reviews from the archives that I think represent some of our more enjoyable work. What we have here today is a review of Transformers 4, The Age of Extinction, uh, followed by our review of Chappie. Uh, So that's Slash Filmcast episode 278, Transformers 4, Age of Extinction, uh, which includes Peter's hilarious description of what it's like to see a movie in 4DX. And that's followed by our review of Chappie, which had a lot of divergent opinions on it. Uh, So hope you guys enjoy these reviews from uh, a few years back. And I uh, want to thank a couple people in the Slack Filmcast for bringing these to my attention and, uh, and sharing these as some of their favorite reviews. Aldrin Francisco and also Jim in the Slack Filmcast. Uh, you can always, of course, join the Slack Filmcast at slackfilmcast.com. Uh, and if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, slashfilmcast.com, email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at slashfilmcast. We'll be back next week with a regular episode. In the meantime, enjoy our review of Transformers, followed by our review of Chappie. This is the greatest advance in modern physics since the splitting of the atom. A rare metal. Molecularly unstable. It's what they're made of. Bring it up! All the way! You guys have never seen a truck like this before. Dad, you can't keep spending money on junk. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. I'm gonna ask you this once. Where is Optimus Prime? That was from the trailer for Transformers Age of Extinction, the newest film by director Michael Bay. And... Uh, it stars Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, don't need, so I, I have no energy to do this. It stars Mark Wahlberg, Stanley Tucci, Kelsey Grammer, Nicola Peltz, and uh, Jack Rayner. Uh, so I want to start off this episode by making a couple of uh, just blanket declarations here. Um, <laughs> firstly, I have decided that this, and I told Devinder this, this is going to be my last Transformers movie that I ever see. Yeah. Unless... Unless, Unless, like, we hear reports that Transformers 5 is amazing and really good. I heard Ryan Johnson just signed, <laughs> signed on. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've spent, what, 10 hours watching Transformers movies at this point? And probably and that was just one of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and probably, uh, you know, at least that long also discussing them on the Slash Filmcast. And no more, guys. I've reached my yeah, breaking point. Yeah. I'm like, we're, we're, I'm done with this. Change starts um, with you. That's what it is. Change. <laughs> we could have been starts. reviewing Snowpiercer today, guys. Yeah. You know? We and we still will. We still will yes, at some point. Yes. Bro. Um, but Dave, you realize even if that even if that happens and you don't watch Transformers Five, I guarantee you the other three people here are going to end up seeing it. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I it, it, like, uh, you, you can say I don't know all you want, but look at, the, look at how much how how many people went and saw. It. It, it's going to happen. Like people just go and see it. Well, that's the, that's the thing is we've heard a lot of talk about people. People are very disappointed. They're saying, "Why do critics keep reviewing these movies?" And one of the reasons that we review it is because I guarantee you this will be one of the most downloaded episodes of the Slash Filmcast this year. Uh, and because we know people want to hear what we have to say about it. People like watching a car accident is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a why. A car that transforms into a robot accident. Yeah, apparently. And you know what, guys? Why review these movies? As civilization falls, we need people to be there to, uh, to, to, to talk docu- about it. To document it. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what we're doing. Okay, so before we get to actually talking about the movie... Uh, Peter Serretta, we spent several weeks talking about 4D movies, 4DX, and uh, that kind of stuff. And you went to see Transformers Age of Extinction in 4DX. Well, to Was see, it the D-Box to feel, or whatever? to smell. To <laughs> no, no, the actual 4DX, which uh, the first theater in the United States opened in Los Angeles this week. So this was the first movie showing at that theater so this is like yeah there as jeff indicated there's smells there's water there's you know your seat moves like all that kind of stuff yes so i mean i guess one question is what did you think of the film to begin with and then also how did you feel about the 4dx experience would you do it again well i feel like i need to separate the 4dx and the film (laughs) but um i i want to say that one was an excruciating experience of almost unbearable length one smell and the other <laughs> the crap out of me, <laughs> moved me around in ways I didn't appreciate, and the other was was the- 4DX. <laughs> Nicely done, Jeff. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Peter, go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, we saw it at 11 a.m. matinee screening, and it was a twenty-five dollar ticket charge nice. to see something in 4DX. Yeah. Uh, it's like forty-eight. I mean, uh, sorry, twenty-eight dollars at night to see oh, a 4DX. Man movie so the ticket prices are going up 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 and um the whole three dollars made a huge difference yes well yeah well well even 25 dollars did for 11 a.m movie um but i will say this for the extra surcharge out of it until like 6 p.m so (laughs) Um, your money's worth yeah, there was like a half an hour of trailers. I, I have not been to a public <laughs> when I got my ticket, movie, the... not at the Arclight, in a while, and that was just shocking. I'm right there with you, Peter. When I got my ticket at an AMC, the, the girl literally told me, there's 25 minutes of trailers. And I went, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> just a warning. Before you sit down, you better prepare yourself. I can go watch an episode of television and come back and the movie won't have started yet? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but but for, the, for the extra surcharge, you are getting a lot more than you are getting with the, uh, the 3D surcharge. It's not just glasses. You, you do get the glasses. You get the real D glasses. But uh, you sit in these huge seats that can only be uh, – they, they almost look like um, home theater meets a bar bar chair because it's up on like these hydraulics and it has like a kickstand that you put your feet on and um, – there's various holes and stuff on the seat. <laughs> in, in, on the seat in front of you, there's various holes facing you. You don't know Not what's sure going to happen. Slip in there, but okay. <laughs> what, do, yeah. what do I put in the uh, hole? On the 40x um, porn, guys. 40x porn. <laughs> on the top of the theater, on either side, the left and the right, are these huge industrial fans, like that you know, like fans that can like you know, send a serious amount of air. Right at you. Um, and and uh, on your, your armrests, uh, there is a button that says water on or off. Um, 
first. And it's it's the one thing you can control, right? It's the only thing you can control, and I didn't even try to control that. But um, the the one thing I was really nervous about is I got a drink, and I I, I like spent like the trailers like trying to like suck as much of the drink down because I was worried that like once it got moving, that like the drink would just like go all over the place. So I was like, I need to get this cup down to like halfway, so that you know I don't get like soaked with water. Uh, because there's also like when you buy a ticket to this, Dave, you there is a like one page um Four DX, just try to eat something. <laughs> no, no, it, it's like like an agreement that you're like you by buying this ticket, you're agreeing that you might get hurt and like all this stuff. It's kind of scary. it sounds like something from Rocco's Modern Life. Like it is just like yeah, yes, kind of um, absurd. Okay, so anyways, uh, the, the, the theater offers a bunch of different things. It offers water, uh, which can be like sprays of water or in the form of rain from above. Only it offers, uh, offers fog, which come from like these smoke machines in, in, the, in the front. It offers wind from those huge fans I was telling you about. It offers like these lighting effects. So like when there's explosions, there'll be like these like strobe lights that go off from the ceilings. <laughs> Um, and illuminate the theater. Um, there's bubbles, but we didn't see those in Transformers because there's no <laughs> bubbles in Transformers. And, I really miss Bubblebot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pussies. There's scents. Uh, supposedly, there's a thousand different scents that they have in their library. Oh, I geez. only smelt one of them. Um, and <laughs> what was it? What was it? It was like a, kind of this gasoline burnt smell, and it, it came it came around in a part of the movie where uh, where one of the characters dies. There, there that's is what you want character. in a crowded theater, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and um, because there's explosions, obviously, and um, it, it's actually kind of interesting because uh, one of the people I was with said later on, like that that scent came back during like the ending climactic battles, and uh, it made the, my, my friend uh, a little sad or, because. Uh, once because he associated back, it with death earlier? Yeah, he, he associated it with that with that person's death. Uh, anyway. Um, it elicited a Pavlovian response. That's crazy. Yeah, sense wait, memory. Wait. Peter, was it that one scene where a certain character gets burnt to a crisp? Yes. Because that's awful. That is, oh my god. Like, if they played gasoline and, like, barbecue, that would have been amazing. That okay. Scene. So the seats vibrate, but they not only vibrate, they, uh, they're on hydraulics, so they can go, you know, they have full motion, almost like a motion simulator. Like, it's not like a D-box. Like, this, like, goes up in air and, like, kind of moves around and stuff. Um, I'd be afraid to get off it, you know, during a movie. If you so, have to go so, to the bathroom so during Peter, movie, Peter, did you enjoy, like, did you enjoy it? Did you think it was worth the money? Like, beyond what it was. Dave, I'll tell you this. Once the movie started up, and the beginning of the movie, you know, is set in space and there's these spaceships going by you. Uh, it felt like I was floating in space. Like it was like moving like I was floating in space. And as the spaceships went by me, like, you know, my seat rumbled and like, you know, vi- like the chair vibrate. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Cut to like, you know, almost three hours later. <laughs> I was like wobbly as I got off of the chair. <laughs> like, um, I'm not sure if Transformers Four is the best uh, way to review 4DX because it in itself is exhausting. Um, <laughs> and, but, and was uh, this the first time you had seen the movie, or no? I, I I have seen the movie twice. 
that for, for, oh, for, for you guys. God. That is rough. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I will say this. There's actually some cool effects. Like, um, you know, at certain points in the movie, people get st- stabbed in the chest. And, like, <laughs> there will be, like, a, uh, a thing in the, the back of the chair comes out. So you almost like stabs you in your chest. It, it kind of no, it kind of chab, it stabs you in the back, but not really. Like it comes out for sure a little. But well, it's your scoliosis. Like, this is how stabbing feels. I just can't. I just can't get over the fact that you can use the following phrase to describe this film. At certain points in the movie, people get stabbed in the chest. <laughs> well, in the back, in the back, it did. But you know what? You know how like when someone gets like a needle in a film or something, you kind of like almost feel it. Like, this was, like, going that much further, and actually, like, I, I, I don't know, it sounds like a gimmick, but it actually kind of added to it. And <laughs> about was, how getting stabbed feels? <laughs> anytime there was oh, yeah. actually flying in the movie, like, there's a whole, uh, you know, flying sequence in the city that was really cool. Um, they, oh, they also had an effect, Dave. There was a point where, like, you know, some a tongue touches someone's legs. <laughs> they actually have this thing that comes out and like touches the the back of your leg. There's like specific uh, stuff built in for this particular yes. movie. Or I'm not sure. If I, don't, I don't imagine they need movie. backstabber for most movies. Well, backstabber is probably more, like the tongue thing is probably less yeah. common than backstabber. I've, I've actually know. felt something like that tongue thing at Universal Studios. In, yeah, they uh, have. Yeah, so, so I actually a, felt something like that tongue thing at my local theater. Yeah, I once got kicked in the head at my multiplex. So that, that's sort of like 40x, right? <laughs> so literally, yeah. Okay, but I, I have a couple more things to say about this. But uh, the um, <laughs> but okay, but the, the experience, like honestly, a bunch of it actually is kind of cool. But the the bad part about it is almost all the effects you experience almost all the effects probably within the first hour of the movie, and then they're repeated, right? Yeah, so they're kind of just repeated, especially since I saw the movie and I know what's coming. I'm like, oh my god, it's going to start raining. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, like, like I'm just waiting for what's going to happen next. Um, and the rain is horrible, Dave, because... You're wearing glasses. I, I, yeah, I had to wipe my 3D glasses. Not only my 3D glasses, I had to wipe my glasses that are underneath my 3D glasses multiple times. Like... It, there, there is no possible. Could not have foreseen this development. So I like the idea of of a new listener who's never heard Peter before, and he just has the back to back descriptions of Harry Potter and the 40s, and they think this is a guy that just does like extreme movie watching. That is what Peter does. Science, extreme movie watcher. You, you know the, the the most annoying thing about this is the vibration because anytime there's like uh, someone shoots a bullet or a car takes, you know, anytime there's like a big sound effect, like your seat kind of vibrates. <laughs> um, and that just kind of takes you out of the movie. But I, I oh, yeah. honestly, Dave, this is my my, my my bottom line. This was not a good experience. Uh, it's not that I, and I, I would be willing to do it again. If the situation was right. I, I wish that a horror movie would use this this technology, like like a paranormal activity or something, um, and use it more sparingly, where it's not vibrating every second. Because that would be awesome. Like, it, oh, I forgot to say, there's uh, air, air effects. There's like holes in the back of your uh, like your head, and air will like like if some if Bumblebee shoots a bullet, it'll like shoot past your ear, or you know there's there's an air effect in front of your face and it'll but, shoot past you. A- anyways, 
but uh, th- th- that kind of stuff could be really cool in a horror movie right. or like you know the yeah. foot thing. Um, but uh, I think the next film playing in the theater is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and there's no fucking way <laughs> I'm seeing that movie. That oh movie. man! One question for you, Peter: Did you? Uh, feel and smell um, Michael Bay shitting on your childhood? <laughs> no, I did not. That's a disappointment. By the way, I wanna, there's I wanna, a thread inside me right now because I feel I feel like I'm going to be the only one defending this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, well, let's, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying I like the movie. Well, I am saying I like let's the movie. let's speak. Well, uh, let's begin. But firstly, Jeff, what were you gonna say? I was just going to say, I want to write an, a horror movie for this theater called Back, Backstabber 2, Revenge of the Footlickers. Nice. Wear rain sometimes. Jeff Kanata, <laughs> let's, let's begin with you, Jeff. All right. So now, well, now that we've heard that 40X is not a good way to see it, right. uh, you saw, how, how did you see it and what did you think of the film? I saw it in IMAX 3D. Uh, also a not a good way to see it <laughs> simply because it was projected and you could both hear and see it. Um, here's the thing. I don't have a review of Transformers so much as I have a list of grievances. <laughs> um, first of which, how do you make this movie and not call it Transformers? Come on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. As Fast Come and Furious taught us nothing. It writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. Um, I mean, I think most of the, what I want to say is going to happen in spoilers because I, I think the fun is, is really stepping through the logic or lack thereof <laughs> of this movie. But um, I will say this. There aren't – well, there are. There are. But I was going to say there aren't these gigantic, glaring, offensive moments like there have been in previous iterations of this franchise. Oh, no, but there, there's, there still are. There, there still yeah. are. They're just less offensive, I guess. Maybe it, it, is a, less. it is a movie completely devoid of any internal logic, uh, <laughs> and it is it, it it doesn't even deliver the thing that previous movies in the franchise delivered for me, which it was inventive set pieces. I thought the set pieces, even sure. as grand and explosiony and kinetic as they remain, weren't even particularly well imagined or well realized uh, and i think that as much as i dislike strongly all the previous transformers movies there were in each of them were there were a couple of sequences like in the in three right you with, know, the, with the people jumping out of the helicopter the building falling and going right. horizontal and that, people that sliding whole chicago sequence yeah i think is yeah. incredible say it's what good. you will about the movie there's yeah. nothing that good in this movie yeah nothing Yep. Even from a purely visual kinetic perspective, there's nothing that that good, and there is there is stuff that retcons the series in a way that is makes it more stupid. Uh, and he, here's the here's the biggest here's the biggest complaint I could say. This this pretty much sums it up for me. I walked as I walked into the theater. I walked by a giant standee, yep, cardboard standee. And what is it of? It's of Optimus Prime sitting back a Dinobot, <laughs> sword aloft in American triumph. <laughs> I went to a 920 showing Oof. of Transformers 4. 
I have something to say about this. Dave. I there. looked at my watch when the first Dinobot came on screen, and it was 11.55. Yeah, that is rough. <laughs> the first Dinobot. They didn't so get names. At this point, they're not even... They're not even giving you what they promise. They're not even <laughs> delivering the baseline promise. Well, they delivered. They just delivered like five to ten minutes of it, basically. <laughs> five to ten minutes, an hour, two hours and 40 minutes into the movie. Right, right. Uh, so, Peter Serretta, what were you going to say? But I'll tell you why that is. I, I was on the set of the film, and um, we, we asked them about the Dinobots because they were rumored at the time when they were shooting in Detroit. And uh, everybody there was like, oh, no, 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 there's no Dinobots. Or, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, we published a set visit a month ago uh, with interviews with them saying those things as there are giant billboards and standees of Optimus Prime on a Dinobot everywhere. <laughs> um, the, I guess the original plan was to have that as a surprise, like a, like surprise. a third act surprise. But I think they tested a bunch of marketing and that one won out over everything else, as it should, because that image is awesome. It's, it, it's better than the film. Cool. Yeah. It's better than the film. That's, that's, that's true. Uh, and the way the Dinobots, beha- Dinobots behave uh, is, is stupid. Uh, I mean, everything about the movie is stupid. <laughs> I really, really, really didn't like it. Yeah, that's not clear. No, that's that's a fair point, and I, I think I like the way you put it, Jeff Kanata. And it's actually on on Twitter. Uh, I like the way you put it, and it, it's exactly what I felt, which is if I can save at least one person from watching this film, yeah, this whole thing will have been worth it. <laughs> right. That's how I, that's how I feel. Like if yeah. guys, if we can save at least one person from watching this, the entire six year history of the Sly Stonecast. <laughs> We'll have been worth it. We can save your soul. <laughs> Just Dave, listen to Dave, us. Dave, Dave, Dave. All right, Davindra Hardwar. Davindra Hardwar, you said, yes. you tweeted your review, um, oh. more like Transformers Age of Extinction of my interest in this franchise. <laughs> well done. I, I didn't say more like because uh, everybody's doing that these days. But okay. that is basically, that's my sentiment. I yeah. just... I do not care anymore about these movies. And uh, just since we're all talking about how we saw it, I saw it at an, at an RPX screen, which I guess is sort of like IMAX 3D, except not it's big. It's sort of like a, a United Artists, um, just their big screen uh, setup with the nicer seats. So I paid like a dollar extra to see that because, you know what, guys, if I'm going to see Transformers <laughs> on gonna Saturday do it morning... Style. I'm going to do it in style. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to see on the biggest screen possible, you know, in my neighborhood. And uh, you know what? It's, uh, yeah, the movie. I, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. It is not as bad as Transformers 2, but that's because that movie had no script. And that's been well talked about. Like, that movie. Yeah, they, it happened during the writer's strike. Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't really do anything. And you could tell that most of that movie was just them kind of winging it. Uh, this movie has a script. Um it has uh, characters. It has them going from place to place. Has an ending. And that's, you know, that's the movie. Actually, you know, I, I, I'm with you there, Jeff, that I just did not feel as excited about anything happening in this movie. And I'm somebody, I actually really like the first Transformers. There's a lot going yeah. on there. We could argue about that as much as you guys want. But I think it has some funny stuff. It has like a good core relationship between Sam Witwicky and Bumblebee. And I think just seeing these effects and seeing, you know, somebody doing giant robots uh, on the big screen and making it look somewhat realistic, I thought... 
the first Transformers is a lot of fun. It's a guilty pleasure, whatever you want to call it. The second one, the train wreck. I don't think it's a guilty pleasure. I think yeah. the first Transformers film is actually a decent film. Yeah, it's I have free. to defend that so often, though. Yeah, every time I try to say that, people That's are terrible. like, ah. But uh, Transformers three, uh, not nearly as fun as the first one, but that final set piece was at least interesting. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't hate it in our review. But this one, just like, there's nothing. There's nothing going for it. I don't give a shit about I Mark don't. Wahlberg's inventor character who is one of first of all he is right below mark Wahlberg as science teacher in the happening you know like this is not a mark <laughs> no, Wahlberg no, no, role. no 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 this There's is not no a mark way Wahlberg he's role. below the happening it's, <laughs> guys, well, it's i'm saying that one, well, one that step was... i think you mean one step above Devendra, not well yeah i mean it depends on how you're ranking it okay like i'm saying <laughs> in terms of the the worst mark Wahlberg oh, role oh, it, the, the worst okay got it yeah. okay in that he case is yeah. one step below the top let i don't <laughs> oh, know however you want to the top list of the worst he's a nerdy robotics guy but he still likes football and can throw football real good. Don't forget that. So he's not too nerdy. Don't be scared, yeah. America. He's not he too nerdy. He's a wonderful father who has no idea how to provide for his child or pay his mortgage. Like this character, like this character. Life decisions. But, but you know what? It's just a mess. And Mark Wahlberg was not the guy to do it. He's, uh, well, it's, it's the same exact triptych of characters as Armageddon. There is no difference. <laughs> it's, it's Bruce Willis, um, Ben Affleck, and... Um, uh, what's her name from Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler from Armageddon. It's the same exact dynamic. I, I guess no except that well, movie. That well, yeah, that movie was at least a little more fun, or at least I, I cared. I cared a little about it. What shocked me the most about this one is I just, I just didn't give a shit about fucking Cade Yeager. What? Who? Cade Yeager. What is that name? Um, I mean, I he's, he's, he's a man, he's a man child in this film. He's basically well, he's a man child. There's no reason for you to root for him. And Nine months from now, there's going to be a lot of Cade Yeagers, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lot of Cades because of Yeager. How about that? Oh, <laughs> nice. Anyway, yes, there's nothing to root for. There's nothing to recommend this film. Don't really even, care. Even the score, which is which was by Steve Jablonski. Guys, 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 guys. You are making broad overgeneralizations, which I think it's below you. I don't make them often, Peter, and I think no, you've I know, to enough. I know. But it's like there's, I don't know about there's that nothing. Drama. I listen every week, so I know that. But but I feel like yeah. this this movie is not the worst in the series. It's not even the second worst in the series. No, yeah. I didn't say it was the worst in the series. But it, I'm it, saying it, this it is movie. the second best of the series. And like everybody's acting like this is the worst of the worst films ever made, and it's it's not. No. I, I think I had more fun with Transformers Three just because oh they're they're retconning American history in an in, in interesting yeah, way. Yeah, that the was kind of piece. Transformers Three had a great final set piece, but the that rest piece is kind great. of sucked. Yeah, but at least that movie gave me something, right? I go to this Michael film, Bay movie. This movie didn't give me anything. I didn't care about any of the set pieces. Didn't like the the new Transformer characters. Uh, just kind of boring, and none of them make any sense. And we have you know stereotypical samurai. Transformer, well, which is at least types. at least they're not... distinct. At least you can tell <laughs> yeah, them at apart. Least, at least you can tell them apart. Yeah. At least it's not a negative stereotype. It's just you know positive Asian stereotype of samurai transformer. But uh, it, the movie, nothing makes sense, Peter. Like uh, the villains, I can't figure out what's going on. I don't understand why Fraser is trying to kill all the transformers. Um, and Stanley Tucci, who's actually probably the only person, he's Stanley Tucci is the reason Tucci is to watch this movie. Split. Algorithms. Math, guys. <laughs> like seeing Stanley, Stanley Tucci. In I this love film that scene. He's the only. He's the only that character scene. that has an arc. 
Yeah, no, he has an that, arc. That, that scene where he is trying to build his own Optimus Prime it, it is an example of what Bay was trying to go with this movie. It is not trying to be a serious movie. He can't even, you know, right. he tried to make Optimus Prime and it just kept, it ends up being Megatron every single time. Yeah. It, but the, it's, the problem, Peter, is that this movie is nearly three hours long. Okay? I agree. I agree. I can, that is the problem. I can accept some of this stuff. Like I can buy, I can buy like Cade Yeager. I can, especially since Danny Lee Tucci is so much fun. I can buy the nonsensical stuff. But this movie, you could shave an hour off of this movie. You could shave two hours off this movie. <laughs> you could shave <laughs> some, but you could you could at least shave an hour, ninety minutes off of this movie, and I, have at least a fun, like to at least an experience that'll that won't feel like you're wasting your life. And right now, I just you know, I, I can't I can't say anything good about a movie that makes me feel bored. For three hours, a movie um, by one of the most yes, yes, it was very boring. I don't know. I I do not agree with that. I I I was not bored the entire time. I was bored some of the time because you were being moved and splattered and splashed. (laughs) No, no, no. I saw I saw it before 40x first, so I have the the experience, uh, the pure experience. Yeah, but that's that's compounded. preference like i do well, think let me say this. The, the first hour of the film where it's set in austin set into in the like you know with the sweeping you know paris, uh, su- what paris texas it's a very oh, paris, well they yeah. shot it they shot it in austin whatever the, as the sweeping uh sunsets and americana you know that i love uh, those kind of shots from pearl harbor and, and whatnot and i i feel like that stuff was kind of strong i you, you you can say what you will about mark Wahlberg as an inventor or what you know, I feel like the T.J. Miller character was something you could get behind. Um, I, I, no, it's T.J. Miller. It's just T.J. Miller. But I, I would. I was with him. I, I, I felt like that. I don't know. I felt like that whole section of the film really worked. Um, literally, I'm not saying it was awesome. The character we swap him out in the same <laughs> scene. We just swap him right out for a new character. <laughs> well. Um, yeah. From what I understand, or from what I've heard, um, read, I, I don't know for sure, the, the film was originally going to be the, the girl, her boyfriend, and T.J. Miller character. And when, Mark, uh, when uh, Michael Bay was working on Pain and Gain, uh, both The Rock and uh, Mark Wahlberg you know, were bugging him to be in it. So they wrote a father role and changed How do we have a Transformers movie without The Rock, by the way? Like... Uh, he was not available. This is actually funny. We have an interview with uh, Michael Bay on the site, which is just amazing. Mm-hmm. No one has – I feel like people have not read this because if gossip sites have, had read this, they would have you know, pulled a billion items out of it. Because he, he honestly says like the, the, the Rock and Mark Wahlberg were both bothering him to be in it and that it was just because The Rock wasn't – his schedule wasn't available that they picked Mark Wahlberg. And he says he says that flat out. I'm like, you do not say that in an interview. Oh, man. You mean we could have seen Inventor Rock? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that changes everything. Um, I actually, I would love to see that. Okay, so let me let me say a few things. Firstly, I think why this movie is so crushingly disappointing for for a variety of reasons. Number one, uh, I actually started to have faith in Michael Bay again. <laughs> and that's really what the, the biggest disappointment is, is like because Transformers um, D- uh, Dark of the Moon was a better than Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, so yeah. th- uh, that's point one. Point two, Pain and Gain was a coherent film yes. that was not 
over. It, I mean, it was long, but it was not over long. It wasn't you know it was three like hours. Twenty long. minutes too long. It was twenty minutes too long. It was a movie that made me feel something. It wasn't. Yeah, it made, made me feel. I, mean, something. I cared about these people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So then I'm thinking to myself, dude, Michael Bay's going back to Transformers. <laughs> he's he's using the same actor he used in Pain and Gain. Yeah. You're like sitting this, there rocking your Armageddon Criterion, Dave. Right, like, my Armageddon Criterion. I, I am a person. Okay, and that's another thing that I freaking resent is people thinking, oh, critics just don't get it. Dude, guys, okay, Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys 1, The Rock. I have purchased Armageddon three separate times, okay? I, it's not that I don't like action films. It's not that I don't like Michael Bay films. It's yeah. that these movies are terrible, that is what is the problem here. And um, so sitting down to watch Transformers Age, Age of Extinction, and uh, it's obviously terrible, but not only that, he has the gall to kind of, at the beginning of the film, there's this meta commentary on, man, they used to make movies really yeah. awesome, and now it's just this crap. Uh, and it's so shoehorned in because the only reason they go to a movie theater is to find a truck inside it. Right. No, and it's no, like, no, oh, no. yeah. First of, all, first of all, there's two reasons for that. <laughs> Number one is to mention IMAX, which is a product placement. Right. Not, IMAX joke was, was a, probably a paid joke. Um, and secondly, I think that's Bayes trying to basically put it right up front for the critics of like, fuck you. This right, yeah, they're, they're, they're so, so shoehorned in. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying, Peter, yeah. is, is yeah. it's one thing to just make this crap, and it's another thing to say, hey, guys, I actually know what a good movie is, but I'm making this anyway. Like, that's essentially yeah. what the message I is. I don't that. think he believes that. I think he actually believes he's making a good movie. And no, I, I don't think that I, this no, is, that is, that is blatantly that. false, Peter. Filmmaking. Yeah, he's, he's saying at the beginning, she's saying through the characters, Man, like even I have to make like like. No, I think he's making the old guy the senile critic. He he's making fun of the, the critics by putting the old senile guy as us. All right, all right. Well, I can I can accept that as a possibility. But in any case, uh, or it's you, Dave. That, that <laughs> yeah, he's specifically referring to me. Anyway, then it's you know two and a half hours, and then the dinos show up at the end, and the the set pieces aren't particularly good. The characters behave in completely nonsensical ways. There's product placement wall to wall. It just felt it, like it's yeah. awesome, Dave. It, it was like <laughs> close ups for like five seconds of like you know the Beats logo just yes. in that, your face, and then it turns into a a submachine gun. <laughs> it's like Beats gun. <laughs> Like, There's a My oh, Little Pony. So cynical. My, My Little Pony, yeah. Well, the My Little Pony thing is because Hasbro owns both. It's more of an right. Easter egg, I think, than a product right. placement. It just, I just hate where, where everything. Get... So I just hate so much about what this movie represents, which is like you don't even need to try to make good characters. You don't need to. You know what I've decided, right? Uh, this is another conclusion I was going to share at the top of the show. Uh, the Transformers series is like Two and a Half Men. It's like Nickelback, where. <laughs> Uh, these things are hugely successful. Millions of people watch them and pay money for them. But I cannot, for the life of me, find a single person that I know that enjoys them. And I, I don't know. I feel like everybody I know. No, I enjoy them. I, I didn't enjoy two, but uh, I enjoy them. And I'm not saying that this is a great movie. And I, I know I'm co probably coming off like the idiot who likes Transformers four. But no, no, I'm uh, sure a lot of people agree with you. But yeah, I, I, millions. I, I, I enjoyed them on a dumb, <laughs> stupid, fun level. Yes, it was too long, and yes, it was exhausting. Um, but I feel like there are people I, I know that say that they don't like these movies, but they go and pay for every single one because they do enjoy them at, at some level. I did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> 
level. Yeah, I, I really didn't, and, I, and I'm not saying that to be snarky. I truly, I truly went in with a with, with low expectations, but hoping beyond a hope. Fool me once, fool me three times, fool me four times. I wanted, I wanted to be pleasantly surprised, and no, nothing holds together. Nothing makes any sense. We go on these wild jaunts of half an hour, 45 minutes of movie going to these places that we didn't need to go to for any reason whatsoever. No one learns anything or does anything. The only character with any kind of story arc is is Stanley Tucci, and he makes this left-turn pivot at a midpoint in the movie for no reason. For no reason. Because <laughs> he's an inventor, Jeff. He's an inventor. Like, hey, let's not Stanley that. Tucci could be screaming for the entire movie, and I'd pay $15 to see it. I would yeah. rather watch that than this. My, the only moment I liked is, <clears throat> show me your warrant. My face, <laughs> my face. is my, my, face warrant. Is my <laughs> warrant. What? Which that. makes no sense. I love that. It's so stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. See, I, I, I love it for, I think, all the reasons you guys hate it. I, I almost feel, know. though, like at this point, I, I feel like we can I, I like we can chart our descent of civilization into idiocracy just by charting these Transformers movies. Yeah, like I, it, yeah. It, these are all milestones, I guess, for our society. Can I the, ask you guys something? I want to talk through, and, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but maybe we well, well we should just get the spoilers soon, Jeff. Okay. So, yeah, so let's let's spoiler. let's do that. But but Jeff, this movie, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, this movie is. Certain, maybe not morally reprehensible, but but quite reprehensible. Just it, it just is uh, the audacity with which they're shoving uh, you know product integration into your face with like you know br- brazenly just going to places because it serves the economics of the film, like China, um, and which by the way it opens Chicago, huge yeah. in China. Yeah. Uh, that that is going to be a thing, and that's going to be something we're going to have to live with at this point. Indeed, indeed. I mean, yeah, even like uh, Ryan Johnson's Looper went to yeah. China. Um, that was, I think, a co-finance as well. So, so yeah, it's it, it's a it's an increasing, but it's like kind of like excel. I feel like it's almost like accelerating this trend where, hey, the more the Chinese people are involved, apparently Chinese people also don't give a crap about plot. <laughs> As long as the, like they recognize landmarks in the film, they'll turn out in huge droves. Um, what's disappointing, Peter, and why I find this movie indefensible is it's possible to make a huge, big budget action film with actually like quality, fleshed out female characters and a great plot, and uh, huge action set pieces that are really interesting to look at. Uh, they've already done it. It's called Edge of Tomorrow. It was almost no a complete financial catastrophe. Yeah, uh, and that's what's so upsetting is that you have these good movies coming out uh, with you know that that movie is a great film, probably in my top ten of the year, and no one went yeah. and saw it. And then you have this movie, which is probably in my bottom five of the year, and uh, it, it has made three hundred million dollars in the last like six days, uh, and it just is really upsetting, Peter. I don't, I can't. That's all I, I can uh, say about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are so many things, but even. That article that you forwarded us, uh, Dave, which is which was fantastic, Io9's sort of fact takedown of it, uh, you know, brought up a really spot on point, which is the there's an entire prolonged sequence. Mark okay, Wahlberg we got to talk about this in spoilers because I think That's... I have an answer to this. Okay, <laughs> all right, gonna... let's, let's just move into spoilers, guys. So you can, me and Devendra yeah. and Jeff hated this film and think you should never see it. And Peter I thought, am not saying that you need to see it, but if you like the other Transformers movies, go see it. If you didn't, 
Why add to the box office? Like, why are you continuing to see every single movie and then bitching about it and complaining about Michael Bay? But you're, you're, you're I would giving not have him money every movie. single time. I would like, not have seen I don't, this movie I mean, if we were not covering it. I would not yeah. have. I, I'm yeah. telling you, I would yeah. not have. I, I mean, we're not we're not talking hey, to the people okay. I think who are actually going to see this movie. That's the bigger. Problem. I don't know. I, I think almost everybody I know will have seen this movie in the theater. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> and every and, and they all complain. It, 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 I, I don't understand it. If if you don't like it, why go see it? Yeah. All right. Let's move into spoilers for Transformers: Age of Extinction starting right now. Now the secret. Trying to see this coming? No. But you won't find it because, of course, they're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. All right, Jeff, go ahead. I have so many things. So many things. <laughs> So we'll get to the freaking statutory rape scene in a second because it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. That, that, that was indefensible. I don't unbelievable. <laughs> and part. I would need to bring that up. But I just want to talk through this. And I know I know you just guys are just going to say, oh, you're thinking about it too much. But nope. No, I have an answer for this. The main, good. the main thrust of the new information provided in this movie is that Transformers are made out of Transformium. Yep. And... So, and basically, they can be made into anything at any point all the time because that's how Transformium works, right? Well, no, no, no. We have, we have taken their essence and made them into Transformium. They aren't made of Transformium. Well, that's not how I understand Yeah, that's, that, that's We've also... We grinded them down and then made an element out of that. They've, no, they, they, no, the element was always on Earth we, because yeah. the beginning of the fucking movie, they made it happen on Earth. The, very, yeah. the first shot of the movie is making yeah. Transformium. But they, right? but they name it Transformium. They say, I'm trademarking Transformium. It's not like an element that's always existed, like an Obtadium or whatever. Okay. Well, what, what, what is your point, Jeff? Well, my point is... Okay, I've always had a problem with Transformers just transforming willy-nilly into whatever the fuck. Uh, and, and now there's literally canon no reason why Optimus should turn into a truck and out of a truck. He can turn into anything. Yeah, a. right. And B, evidently now when you shoot a gun and you're a Transformer, you're literally shooting part of you at somebody. <laughs> part of your parts are being shot. You're, it's like me ripping off my toenail and throwing it at somebody. <laughs> okay. It's part yeah, of, but it, your toenail grows back. back. Yeah, your toenail grows back. So where are you going with this, Jeff? Maybe their ammo grows back. <laughs> that, that part didn't bother me as much as how they completely destroy the Optimus Prime character in this film. Yeah, I mean, okay, Optimus yeah. Prime is a bloodthirsty murderer in who this gives, movie, guys. Who gives no shits. Zero <laughs> amount of shits about, about oh, Earth. The, even the even the despite the have fact created mass genocide on his people. I mean, yeah. wouldn't you be vengeant? <laughs> vengeant is that the uh, <laughs> is that the adjectival, adjectival firm? <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, like if you see it from his side, like they killed all of his people. Only yeah. three people remain of his. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, Peter. I don't know that uh, vengeance is the uh, is exactly the message we want to give our kids. I mean, yeah. think of. Um, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying, but th- we also act. I always see. Yeah, yeah, it is what you're I, saying. That is what you just said. No, I mean, I, I hear all these people being like, "This is a kids' movie. This is a kids' movie. It's the first uh, kids' movie with the waterboarding joke." This is a movie where people have to be. 13 years old to fucking see it. Okay? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can, kids might buy the toys or whatever. 
But like, it, there's not like there was no kids under ten in my my. No, theater. parents are bringing kids. Yeah, up. dude. I, and I would never bring like I don't have any children that I know of. But I would well, never well, bring yeah, any they children to this be because it's PG thirteen. That TJ Miller death is as horrific <laughs> as oh, anything. That's... It is truly horrifying how he <laughs> goes. Yeah, uh, and for no reason, really. <laughs> right, because we need to swap him out for a new character, <laughs> who, by the way, shows up. Why does he show up at their house? Like, he, the one place he shouldn't go is their house. Because, anyway. His uh. protagonist sense, his statutory rape sense was single. <laughs> you know? So. Well, yeah. Wasn't she on the video chat with him in the house before the shit yes, went down? Yes. Like, I, f- I feel like that's why he came over. But to she didn't, she, he didn't realize something weird was going on. She just got off the video chat. So. Oh, about the I Optimus Prime thing. I, yes. I want to say, there's literally a moment in the movie where Optimus Prime says honor above all moments after stabbing someone in the back. <laughs> yeah. Literally stabbing. I mean, yeah. it's awesome when you have a backstabbing chair that can give you the sensation, <laughs> but, but he literally, it, it is awesome. He literally stabs <laughs> someone in the back and raises the sword through their face and then punctuates that moment by saying honor above all. This is a movie where Optimus <laughs> Prime threatens to kill the Dinobots uh, unless they help him, like right. he, he's giving them freedom while threatening to kill the Dinobots, and really the only way they can be free is by helping the Transformers fight. This like, is they, a, yeah. this is a movie where where Kelsey Grammer, for no reason, at the end of the film, chases down Mark Wahlberg just to give him a monologue before Optimus Prime ends it. Like by the way, the reason the whole his raison d'être, Optimus Prime, for staying around on Earth and doing stuff. Is to kill Kelsey Grammer, and that moment happens in like five seconds. It's just like, oh, bloop, totally murders this dude, and then it's over. It, it was like building up to this thing that never happened. I just, my mind is broken trying yep. to explain how this movie. There, I was looking for like a Frasier mech suit battle. A, a Frasier what? A Frasier mech suit battle, like the end of Avatar. Like that's what I was looking for. That would have been cool. That I did not cool. get that. Yeah. There needs to be an entire movie just explaining the motivations of the lockdown character. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't make any sense. And uh, it, nothing makes yeah. any sense. Nothing makes sense. That's the thing. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest travesty of this film. Like, I mean, you can enjoy aspects of it, even if you find some of it dumb. But nothing makes sense. Like, nothing at all. But, but you literally said you didn't enjoy aspects of it. I didn't. I said you could, which I think to you, Peter. <laughs> one could. One could. One okay. could. A person I could think could conceivably enjoy aspects of this movie. But yeah, there, there's, there's nothing here. And what's funny too is that so much of it just doesn't make any sense. Like there, there's a point in this movie where Cade Yeager tells his teenage daughter, "Let's climb out on these uh, tethering wires, which is holding a spaceship to a building." I don't know what the fuck his end plan was because there's nowhere to go. It's not it's not like they're going to open up a window and get into that building. He could have just stayed in the spaceship. There was nothing. Oh my god. Oh my god. And that that's the sort of thing like this movie creates peril in dumb ways like yeah. But but technically that spaceship like zoomed away and was going to another planet. Like would you rather be on the spaceship or try to find a way to 
Yeah, that, 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 that part didn't bother me. That we're protecting them. Here's what bothered me way like more. That's, here's that's what bothered me way way. more. What was Kelsey Grammer? He has that big. He has that big sword gun thing, which he could have just shot through a window. I don't think it's a right. right. That, a that part didn't bother problem. me as much, Devendra. I mean, I think like here, here are a couple things that bother me. That, it's not um, like it's plan, guys. Like, for, for, first, it's actually not. It, it's more stupider things have happened in this film. Let me name a couple of them. Number one, <laughs> um, the the fact that. Optimus Prime at the end of the movie. First, first, the end of the movie is incredible. Okay, like he just says to the Dinobots, "Go ahead, roam the countryside. <laughs> you are free. Yeah, feel free to just nothing's I gonna go wrong with that place. This battle at night yeah. point, but you are free now. And then he's like, "Okay, I'm taking off, guys." And he flies away. And my my, my friend who I took the movie took to see the movie with me, he's he says to me. Uh, could he fly that entire time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's yeah. so many opportunities where that could have come in handy. <laughs> it would have been so useful. <laughs> but I like he's flying to go fuck with God? Like that's the creators, yeah. Yeah. He's, flying to he's going planet. to find the version uh-huh. of God so, that Transformers came from. So uh, so that's all messed up. But what what is Kelsey Grammer's game plan? He's like he's saying, let's kill the Autobots. Uh, because they they're a danger to our planet, and the way we're going to do that is by hiring these people that actually look evil and mean to do harm to us. <laughs> this ruthless bounty hunter. Yeah, let's partner with those guys with these yeah. spaceships and stuff because that's not going to that's not going to create problems down the but line. Dave, and what is their motivation for partnering? Dave, what the enemy of my enemy. I have no explanation. The enemy of my enemy, this. guys. The enemy of my enemy. That's it. That's well, uh, okay. I believe I believe Kelsey Grammer. Uh, they, I, well, I think, think the bounty hunter people they wanted to get the seed, right? <laughs> no, I Remember understand that. that but why, why? What is what is lockdowns? Lockdown could just yeah, he could just go in and own everyone on his own. Why does right? he need Kelsey Grammer? He doesn't. <laughs> well, th- th- this is why because the Autobots have been have been banned. So like, if he shows up trying to look for Optimus Prime, he's going to be hunted down by the military and stuff. So he needs uh, humans to do it for him. I, I guess that's is the fair, reasoning in the movie. I'm not, I'm not I, I guess that's, that's a fair point for the, uh, you know him being involved in it. Yeah. Um, but why would Kelsey why would Kelsey Grammer think that's a good plan? Is another question. Why does uh, the most bizarre moment between Stanley Tucci and that woman, the Chinese woman at the end, where she's she's yeah. like, "Did you miss me?" and she's like, "Nope." <laughs> I said, I thought to myself, is there more to this interaction? She knows she, martial arts for some reason because she's yeah, a and cop. Yeah, so the guy in the elevator. Because yeah, like, anybody elevator. who's Asian knows martial arts. By, <laughs> I just love by that proxy. we're introduced to her in the very last act of the movie, by the way, and she ends up becoming a crucial part of the whole finale sequence. Yeah, right. and, and I think you were talking about how, like, why Stanley Tucci totally reverses his. Um, <laughs> his his motivations, right? He's trying to save everyone at the end. He's clearly set up as a villain, and 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 some. Weird comment on Steve Jobs in you know and like <laughs> yeah. in the corporate culture, but but I think it's about him influencing society and changing the world, and then when he finds out that he's been used, it's kind of like it's just that, weird messaging at the end where it's like the 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 one thing he wants you to say is that something shouldn't be invented, <laughs> just like what. It's, you know what? Also, you know what my deal break. You know what would cause me to be a, uh, have a deal breaker is someone who defends this movie, Peter Serretta. I don't think I could ever work for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not defending the movie. I'm just defending aspects of the movie. Fair enough. Fair it's, enough. Yeah. Right. I mean, so by the way, the the reason Stanley Tucci's character turns around is because Mark Wahlberg tells him one thing. I know you have a conscience because you're an inventor like me. That makes sense, guys. That <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> <sighs> All right, because inventors have consciences, I guess. That, yeah, that, that was another thing. That, did that ever pay off the uh, inventor thing? 
No, no, he has no arc. He, he clearly states at the beginning of the movie the one thing he wants to do in his life is to invent something that means something, and he well, never well, does it. It kind of comes into play. It does come into play a little. It comes into play with him hacking the drone thing so that they can, yeah. you know, oh, use right. the ATM, so can access the yeah. ATM for some reason. <laughs> but, that, but then yeah. he also hacks it to get into the. There is a little bit, but it, yeah, it's fairly. All of the inventions we see him make are terrible, like terrible little Johnny Five <laughs> knockoffs. And then all of a sudden, this guy is able to hack into like state of the art drone technology and well, he's uh, be not, able to he, track But he's not the creating the hardware; he's basically just modifying the software. Which I but think- he knows how it works. I'm actually really glad uh, that Peter is on this uh, this podcast because yeah. it would just otherwise be us listing all yeah. these horrible things. I feel like people are going to hate me after this episode. <laughs> so, you're so wrong. They're going to hate us. Yeah, they're going to hate us, Peter. You got it all backwards. I, I, I don't know because <laughs> it, I don't even I don't even really like this movie. I just like enjoyed this movie in a like kind of passive like I'm not going to watch it again. Do you know what I mean like it's not like I. This is not something I feel strong about. And I, feel I, like I, I love you, Peter, but I, I kind of think that's worse. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, like, like it's it's almost it's almost like giving it a pass. And well, here, here's the thing about Bay. Like, I really enjoy <laughs> Bay as a character, and um, <laughs> and he is he's a cartoon character. I, I was on the set of Transformers Four. He's a cartoon character. He's what you think he is. It, it, like exaggerated to the tenth degree. He 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 rides around in a golf cart with like monster truck wheels and a, a, like camo like painted on it. He you know jumps out of the cart while it's moving and starts yelling at crew members. Like it, it, it's incredible. Yeah, um, but I'd love to see the making of Transformers Four. I just yeah, <laughs> I actually would be way I, more I, interested I love in that as that well. He thinks that some of the stuff that he thinks is funny is funny. <laughs> I love that he thinks the product placement is okay. Like I, I, I get enjoyment out of. Yeah. I think it's I get enjoyment out of these bad things that like really irk you guys. But um, but in addition to that, I really think that there is an art to Michael Bay. There's an auteur in him in in the cinematography, and even even though like there isn't really a great set piece in this film. Just sequences, even like the sequence where, uh, you know, in the beginning they're driving around that like abandoned building and, you know, Optimus is fighting on the second level. And, it, you know, it's it just, um, I don't know. I enjoy it. Like there's something to be enjoyed and to, to yeah. take in about it, uh, the composition and how he, you know, is able to accomplish, accomplish certain shots and things. And, you know, only he could make you know, yeah. America look the way he does and, I, and, you know, blow up things the way he does. And I enjoy that for some reason. I, can, I totally hear what you're saying, Peter. Like, that, that is something that I enjoy about Bad Boys 2 and the first Transformers. Um, you know, and The Rock as well. Like, he, he has a specific style. This guy speaks not in dialogue, but in, you know, kineticism. Like, the way he cuts, the way he frames shots, and the way his action is portrayed. But, you know, it's like, I think it's even worse. I think it's worse when a guy that I know can do better is slumming it, first of all. And especially when somebody like that, you know, when an artist is creating something that, you know, is basically just boring the audience, like, that's also another big... And you don't even need that much. With this film, I I don't know. Yeah. You don't even need that much. Armageddon had a threadbare plot, and I still found it hugely enjoyable. In fact, I'm going to... I might go back and watch that. That'll be a walk (laughs) in the park compared to this movie. 
so the Abrams helped write Armageddon. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, I think I agree with Devendra and, and Jeff here. It's like the fact that he can do better and doesn't. It's very disappointing. So here's my take on Michael Bay. I'm not sure if you guys will agree, but I think he, you know, he started his career with producers like Jerry Bruckheimer and people that could tell him no. And, uh, you know, help him make the right decisions. Uh, and now he's kind of grown into one of the biggest directors of our time. Yeah. Uh, sadly or happily, whatever you want to say. And there is nobody on the set willing to offer criticism to him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. like yeah. there, there are no, no people and <clears throat> he gets everything done. Like, Mm-hmm. I, I know this matters little in, in the review of this film, but being on the set is it was so amazing to see because he shoots his films in something like ninety days without a second unit director. Wow! He's shooting both units at the same time, like setting up shots, you know, second and third unit at the same time, and direct like going in and filming. I don't know; it, it's insane mm-hmm. what he does. And I, I can tell you, I've been on like dozens of sets at this point. Yeah. I've never seen crew members on their feet and running anytime, you know, in between sets to like, you know, do the next set. Like it is like a military operation and they are scared for their lives. Which makes it all the more tragic that their efforts are wasted in a film that is terrible. (laughs) I mean, mm. I, I don't see that as like a positive, Peter. Mm-hmm. I, I see uh, you're, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he I, has that has nothing to do with the review. I, he I, has I, skill. He has skills. That's the thing. We no one denies mm-hmm. he has skills. He can put together a set piece like no one else. It's just why not take a nominal amount of time to a write a script that makes sense and has some basic elements of what a good script should have, and b um, rein it in, rein it in. You don't need to put in every single joke. You don't need to make the movie two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. It's just excess and unrestrained id going poured out all on screen, and it's uh, a huge disappointment that should be watched by no one, but unfortunately <laughs> will be watched by everyone. Oh, so, Peter, problem, like, Peter, what you're yep, saying, like that is – and that's – yeah, that first of all, that is the problem. And Peter, what you're saying, I think that is the bigger problem with Bay. Like he, nobody will tell him no. You know, yeah. and Tim Burton is having that problem now. Well, <laughs> I think he just Sorry. exploded. I think Andrew exploded, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I started choking. Oh, <laughs> choking on his rage. Uh, but let me just say, like, yeah, Tim Burton has that problem now. I mean, that's something that happened to Luke as, as well with the prequels. We're seeing it more and more, and it's a damn shame. The people who have to say no is the audience. And if people keep going in droves, they, A, they must be getting something out of it that I'm not. Yep. So I feel I don't I feel like a stranger in a strange land and B, you know, these movies are going to keep being made and yeah. they're going to mm-hmm. keep being made with the same level of disregard for all the things that we cherish in cinema uh, because they think that's what people want. And clearly people seem to want it. Yeah. Um, by the way, we haven't talked about the statutory rape card, which to, is amazing. To quote, by the way, to quote uh, Seymour Skinner from The Simpsons, no, Seymour, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. kind of what, that's kind of what you sounded like just now. Um, uh, let's not, we're already at two hours, guys, so I think let's wrap it up now. Um, uh, it is inexcusable, that scene. In, you inexcusable should, you should talk on every level. Statutory. All right. What, okay, that's, so, that's one thing. So the issue is, why even bring up the ages at all? Because you didn't right. have to. So we can have this scene. Yeah. 
Because so, apparently Michael Bay thought it was hilarious. Right? I think that's what we can conclude, mm-hmm. is that he thought it was amusing or interesting in some way to be able to, to, to make it legitimate for a 20-year-old dude to be you know, doing it with a 17-year-old girl. Sure. Right. Right. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, well, I, 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 I could think... see making fun of that, but pointing to you know, fast zooming to the print laminated card this guy has in his wallet is just like a new level of sleaze that I have not <laughs> seen in a movie in a very long time. That and is... this guy's one of our good guys. Yeah, He's a good guy. Like, who would it? carry that card around with them? A, a Michael Bay character. <laughs> a Michael Bay character. Yeah. It is the perfect way of putting it, Devendra. A, a new level of sleaze. Yeah. It's 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 nauseating. All right, well, I think think that's all we need to say about (laughs) the topic. that's the whole movie. The Aristocrats. (laughs) (laughs) The Aristocrats, all right. I brought you into this world. A machine that can think and feel. Artificial intelligence is just way too unpredictable. Guys, this week I watched a great film by writer-director Neil Blomkamp. It was set in Johannesburg, and Charlotte Copley played the main character, a creature who's just trying to gain an understanding of his new body and the world around him. There was solid action, spectacular special effects, interesting questions about the nature of humanity, and a horribly over-the-top villain. You're going to have to be more specific. But enough about District 9, guys. Boom goes the dynamite. (laughs) Boom goes the dynamite, guys. Boom. Uh, That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That was from the trailer of Chappie, (laughs) the newest film by writer-director Neil Blomkamp. Uh, According to the plot summary from IMDb, in the near future, crime is patrolled by an oppressive mechanized police force. When one police droid... Chappie is stolen and given new programming. He be- he becomes the first robot with the ability to think and feel for himself. So this is Neil Blomkamp's third film after District 9 and Elysium. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people love District 9. I love District 9. I think we all love District 9. Does so anyone say not? we all. So yes. say we all. Elysium, very disappointing to everyone. Uh, primarily on a script level, right? Uh, I mean, I think... On many we, levels, but yeah, yeah. We all like the way that world looked, the way it was mm-hmm. conceived, and... Uh, action sequence is pretty solid yeah well he he wrote district nine and this movie by the way with his wife uh, terry tetchell so uh, yeah that was the weak point for elysium right it's so, just that, that was all him yeah all right maybe mm-hmm. so well davindra why don't we start with the good because mm-hmm. uh i know you're a fan of chappy so uh let's start with what we liked about this film yeah i, I like the movie i will come out saying that and i honestly i saw it a couple weeks ago at one of the earlier screenings um because I'm I'm working on like a piece about how it's treating AI, and I I just came out liking it. I did not expect all the hate that I'm seeing and the, like the critical revulsion. Not just hate, but like 
revulsion. Like people are like re- or repulsion, I guess. I don't know. But they 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 hate this movie, and I I can't quite figure out why. I thought it was. It definitely feels like Chappie's retreading certain ideas from District Nine, uh, especially about the idea of you know uh, inhabiting new bodies and stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, um, but. For me, like it was a really well realized world. Um, the idea of you know robotic police coming out there, I think, is is an interesting one to explore. Although I think the biggest failure of this movie is that it actually doesn't set up any conflict there. They're robotic police. They seem to be doing a fine job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fine. You would think there's no oppressive mechanized <laughs> police force. They are doing okay. You know. So that's there's actually not much of a conflict in that part of the movie. And I do there. Yeah, it doesn't have as much uh, social commentary as District Nine and Elysium did. But honestly, I think that was one of the failures of Elysium Two. It was just way too heavy handed. And so this is a movie about you know a programmer who the guy behind all of these robot uh, p- police robots. Uh, he's developing an AI. He manages to create one. It's Chappie. And I thought. This the story of seeing Chappie kind of just grow uh, while he's under the care of uh, uh, D. Antwerd of all people. Uh, that is Ninja and Yolandi Visser from D. Antwerd. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this uh, with this group. They're like a uh, they're a South African kind of a rap group. Yep. Uh, they are crazy. Like their videos are insane. So seeing them. Seeing them in this movie is sort of like uh, if it had starred Marilyn Manson in the 90s or something. Like that's that's kind of how insane <laughs> this idea is. And um, I love – I don't think they're great actors or anything, but they bring such a strange energy to the movie. Like they are clearly not actors and they're just kind of insane and crazy and I love seeing what they do. Uh, but for me, the real heart of this movie is Chappie and seeing him kind of like grow as he gets his influences from different people, from his creator, from these, you know, two gangsters who I guess sort of uh, pretend to be his mother and father. And he starts to learn to think for himself. Um, and we kind of see him grow to the point where, yeah, he is also very self-aware and can start to improve himself. Um, for me, it was like the journey of AI. You know, what if what if you took something like Short Circuit or like a super... The Johnny Five from Short Circuit, or a super powerful AI, and gave it to a bunch of like idiot gangsters. What would happen? Uh, you'd probably have a robot that's pretending to be a gangster, and I found that all really entertaining and kind of fun. Like there are points where we see Chappie going around. Um, doing crimes which i thought were just hilarious it was just fun uh but the movie itself yeah it doesn't quite come together i think the villain uh hugh jackman is the villain in this one he sports probably the worst hugh jackman haircut i've ever seen it's kind of like a uh it's like a short mullet yeah i I didn't really know what was going on there but yeah it's like yeah it's uh it's i I, yeah i can't quite figure it out and uh, his his whole costuming is just weird too because he's like short mullet in cargo pants like no, cargo shorts. They're, cargo they're shorts. Like yes, short yes. Shorts. Even worse. Even and a shir- worse. Polo shirt tucked into the cargo. <laughs> polo shorts. shirt tucked in. He has his gun at the side. Like it's totally cool and hip. But you know, this is a dystopian future. Uh, I guess cargo shorts are back in. It's, I don't know. Uh, a lot of things. Said, let's take the hunkiest leading man in Hollywood <laughs> and let's and... dumb him down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie does to Hugh Jackman what being John Malkovich did to Cameron Diaz, basically. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I, I can see that. But. It, Basically, for me, like seeing Chappie grow, what, this whole experience, like I felt for Chappie. I thought it was really fascinating to see him kind of uh, taking influences from all these people. And the overarching story is, yeah, it has issues. Like I don't think uh, 
they really thought too much about uh was it Sigourney Weaver's character. She's like the boss of the whole uh the company that's building these robots. She's not, you know, I think the wisest person in terms of the decisions she's making. Um, Cause you have this de- developer here who gave you, you know, robot police. They're it's okay. Successful. You know, what, yeah. let's, let's Plenty cover, stuff. let's cover all of the 500 plot holes of this film during the spoiler. <laughs> section. Yes. 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 Um, I, did like I, I really think overall, you, yeah, yeah, like you should focus on what's good because there's going to be nothing said good about the movie by me and Jeff. So oh, yeah, um, guys, but come on, like for me, it was a far, like a, the emotional core of this movie is there. And that was not there at all in Elysium. I felt something for Chappie. I felt something for a lot of these other characters. And yeah, the social commentary wasn't that great, but I thought the journey of AI was interesting basically. Let's, and it was a lot of fun to watch. That's it. It was a good sit for me. Like as far as good sits go, this is a good sit for let, me. Let me start with the following. Okay. And, and I, I was exaggerating. I will say this is really good. Chappie, the robot, not the film is right. an incredible creation. He is completely convincing. Like I completely the, disagree, but go okay, ahead. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I never questioned that this was <laughs> an actual robot that had, you know, human functionality um or or that that moved like a human and could manipulate objects around him. Uh mm-hmm. I thought the special effects were like an exponential step above what was what we saw in District 9. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, the yeah. way he interacted with the environment, the way they made uh, Chappie emote. I thought Charlton Copley did a great job with the voice, but also Good stuff, the yeah. way they were able to like use his kind of like eyebrow bar to convey emotion and his eyes and the, the LED lights and so on, I thought was fantastic. I just mm-hmm. I just loved how it was designed and executed. That is, and it's like a, it's an amazing creation, in my opinion. Right? Like it's it's something extraordinary, which is mm-hmm. why the fact that. Everything else about this movie is terrible. Is so disappointing. Uh, Jeff Kanata, let's let's go to you. What what did you not like about this film? Everything. Uh, yeah. I concur with you, Dave. Uh, so Elysium uh, actually was on the Slash Filmcast talking about Elysium mm-hmm. back in the day. I wasn't a regular member, but uh, I went back and listened. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that I liked about that movie. And I was so upset at the end because. Uh, he sort of pushes the win button, right? And and there's this <laughs> weird, like, unexplained, just kind of like, well, just swallow this giant pill of of stupid in order to explain away everything, right? Uh, that it's that for the entire movie. This whole movie is a giant pill of stupid. It, I, <laughs> I have said that you know this is the dumbest movie I've seen in I wish I could say a long time, but I just recently saw Fifty Shades of Grey, so I can't say it's the dumbest movie I've seen in a long time. But it's still really, really dumb. There's this thing that needs to happen in science fiction, right? Either you create a plausible situation and bring me into your world by convincing me that whatever your premise is could happen or you do what short circuit does and say magic magic happened <laughs> right i i can buy i'll buy it if you go magic if you go lightning bolt to dude he has uh, ai abilities awesome i'm with you i'll i'll suspend my disbelief if you want me to if you ask me to if however like this film does you start with anderson cooper Talking in a in a realistic documentary uh, news way, and and we're brought into the world as if this is right around the corner. This is actually happening. This is you know this is the world day after tomorrow, 
and look, uh, Anderson Cooper is talking about it. We're grounding it in a reality of actual real newsmen on the real news. And then you proceed to be as dumb as this movie is every step of the way. You expect me to watch a programmer go, I'm 97% AI. Oh, I just need that 3%. I'll drink three Red Bulls and I'll get to 100% AI. And you're not going to explain that? What? I tried to keep track, as you said, Dave, about the 500 points. I tried to keep track of all of the dumb shit that happens in this movie, and I, I just lost the list in my yeah, head because it I got mean, too long. It starts early on when – It starts real when, early. Uh, the, uh, well, actually, it starts literally in the first shots of the film when – uh, it's shot documentary style, like the beginning of District 9. Right. And they're talking about, oh my gosh, Chappie is this massive evolutionary leap, blah, blah, blah. Never comes back to that again. Like, that's <laughs> never referred to again for the rest of the film. It's just completely every, like they threw that in there and it's like, whatever, you know, no one give a crap. Give a crap every single character, every single character makes the exact worst decision they could possibly <laughs> make every moment of this movie. There is not a single moment <laughs> Correct. that where any character, even t- small side characters, when any of them make the smartest decision they could make. Yeah. I mean I think a lot of it can be attributed to the fact that for a security company, Tetraval has – the worst security I have ever witnessed. Dude, a guy gets a phone call like, hey, man, uh, do you have the most valuable thing that we, we, yeah, yeah. no one can lose it? Oh, yeah, I accidentally left work with it. All right, well, bring it in tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, Are you kidding me? Me, me and uh, Matt Singer from Film Slotting SVU were talking about this earlier today. And uh, he was saying, you know, like I, I work at it, me, Dave Chen, I work at a tech company. I would not be able to walk out of there. Like a, a, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to walk out of Microsoft with the Xbox One, right? <laughs> right. And that is a that is a video game console, guys. Like, <laughs> dude, but the, the most valuable thing, the key to literally the safety of the entire country, <laughs> is in a yellow cage with a little lock on it. <laughs> Manned by no persons. Not yeah. even manned by robot persons. Yeah, it, which it is, is the easiest thing you could man it with. Yeah, so so anyway, that's it. that is one doesn't even have a video camera on it. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. you know what, and Jeff, let's let's get into all these specific points and spoilers, but for now, let's just say I agree with you, characters made really, really dumb decisions. And I think yeah. and I think, you know, I, I read this bit from Drew McWeeny that I really appreciated at hitfix.com. He said Chappie feels like Neil Blomkamp and co-writer Terry Tatchell had three or four films they wanted to make, and instead of figuring out one that actually worked, they just made them all at the same time. Is Chappie a story about a weapons company torn between building weapons that humans use and building weapons that replace humans? Is Chappie a story about that moment in human evolution where we meet the thing that will replace us? Is Chappie a hard-boiled crime drama about the way a humanoid weapon turns three criminals into better people? Is it a relationship picture about a fully sentient robot asking his maker why he's been made to die? It tonally is all over the place. Yep. The, the idea that we're supposed to go along with this this robot learning to be human i guess but we're it just given lip service of like oh yeah he'll have he'll be he'll be like a baby being born uh he'll be like a super smart baby why no reason there's no explanation <laughs> of, of of why that is um and why does he 
the, there are no rules. I go, I say this all the time with science fiction. Yep. Give us a rule set. That is the most important thing you can do in a, in a piece of fantasy, in a, in a science fiction or fantasy world. Let us know the boundaries of your fiction, of where your world differentiates from ours. If I want to, if I see a robot that starts behaving like a little kid, explain to me why that's happening and why he, picks up language in some ways or behaviors in other ways. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason to any fucking thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I, let me, let me just chime in here. Cause yep. I feel like there's a lot of shouting, but it does, <laughs> it does seem like, like Jeff, you were asking for rules. I think the idea like, okay, let's, let's just set the standard. Like Chappie wakes up, he's intelligent and we have to treat him like a baby. That seems like a rule. That seems like, you know, this is a, an empty vessel of a being and it's learning from everything around it. Uh, yeah, that's something. That is something. I don't think the movie like sets hard and fast like boundaries for how far it can go. Um, yeah, I mean, so, some people yeah. I saw some reviews saying why wouldn't they? I mean, you could ask a lot of questions. Uh, some things bother me more than others. The fact that yeah. Chappie is a baby uh, didn't really bother me. I mean, so, some people are saying, well, why don't they program him with language? You know, and well, you're yeah. creating so, consciousness here, guys. It's like maybe we don't have up, everything figured out. Maybe he picks up language. That willy-nilly like he sometimes talks baby talk other times talks fully comprehensible sentences says things behaves in ways that just we don't give any context as to why he's behaving like this right that i, I will agree with you on that jeff i, I mean i agree so there, there's a progression there like you guys are acting like nothing at all makes sense in terms of how he's doing but we see him emerge from like a scared you know a creature that doesn't quite know how to deal with any of its surroundings and it does I don't know. For me, like, I saw the progression there of his language and of his attitudes. And, like, you get to the point where he's, like, the rebellious teenager, too, against his creator when he starts to actually think for himself. Like, there, there is a lot more going on there than I think you guys are giving it credit for. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Uh, the Antwoord, uh, a, a, lot of pe- a lot of people, myself included, think that casting them as the <laughs> leads of the film they are definitely the leads was a yeah. dramatic which by the way is fascinating because if you it's go ballsy. if you go Amazing. to the film's website you will see zero mention of them like they are not they are not uh, i mean you'll, you'll see their names but they're, they're not barely in, in the trailer they're not in yeah. any of the promotional materials mm-hmm. and they're certainly not introduced in the f- context of the film as our main characters and they certainly become our main characters they 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 have more screen time than chappy Basically, and they are right? we are meant to fall in love with them, right? Uh, right? So I think it was a dramatic miscalculation to cast these people in the leads. Um, <laughs> they are completely unsympathetic in, on any level. Like they, they, at no point during the movie did I root for these people. What did you think of these characters and their performances? I uh, I don't think I was as negative as you are about them in particular. I just felt like how we're introduced to them, I. I wasn't rooting for them, but I don't think it was the actors or the the characters' fault. It was sort of the context in which we find them. They're the antagonists, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to fall in love with them. And nothing that they do leads you to to want to do that other than the female sort of being nice. Um, I did like the fact that in her own movie she wears the character's T-shirt of – that was a a nice little touch of like at some point she decided to go to the T-shirt maker and get the – T-shirt made of the of the movie she's in while she's still in it. 
Well, I didn't. I when you that. when you say you appreciate, like, are you saying you appreciate it ironically? Because I thought it was incredibly distracting. He's being sarcastic, Dave. I being extremely ironic. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know. Come on, Dave. <laughs> Get with the. Yeah, picture. that was uh, that was very jarring and unnecessary. And <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I just we've been talking about we've made several references to like the scene in the film Kingsman where mm-hmm. a lot of this incredible action sequence unfolds, but you as the audience member feel uncomfortable. Because even though the film is the the sequence is filmed in a really spectacular way that's meant to amp you up, um, what's transpiring is horrible. Similarly, in this film, there's a sequence where Chappie, who for the most of the film has been played as an innocent bystander in these proceedings, is made to commit crimes, and it's as you pointed out, Devinder played for laughs, mm-hmm. and to me that indicates how mixed up this film is emotionally it it, it tries to oh that's that is hilarious ha 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 except the entire film they're trying to make you not want chappie to do that what yeah like, uh, I, like I, I, st- I stand by that completely like but it's it's more like yes we don't want to see him become a criminal but he does like lay down his own rules like he's not going to kill anyone because he does have the mind of a child he doesn't quite know what's going on they lie to him he believes it because he thinks they're his parents and they're the people taking care of it like the, like uh, throughout those scenes too, like he is not fully responsible for what he's doing because they're they're just tricking him to take advantage of what he's doing. So it's not like, yeah, it's kind of funny to see him do the thing, but we also know that yeah, they are making him do something bad and making him kind of go to the dark side. Like that that right. tension is there, but that's right. On purpose. But, but it's yeah. but if you saw a child being tricked to do horrible things, you would be really upset about it. I mean, and, and in the film, it's played for laughs. That's what I'm saying. That is deeply self like conf- self conflicted right there. So I, I, I think it's very problematic. Um, I guess. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jeff, do you agree with me or what? What are I, your thoughts? I do agree with it's you. It's not the yes. same as like a kid going and committing crimes. I'm just You're right. It, you're right. Like, it's like an incredibly powerful mechanized kid going and committing crimes. Well, That's... yes, but also because he believes what they're saying. I mean, it's maybe more like a teenager. Like if we saw a movie where a, a teenager was like trying to do something and he's not quite, you know, world weary or something, he's tricked into doing crimes. Yeah, that's problematic, but I don't know. I think the way it was portrayed, like the the points where he was just stealing cars, I think were just kind of funny. That's all. Yeah, and I'm saying it it it, bo- <laughs> it bothers you. It, it doesn't bother that. me that you found it funny. It bothers yeah. me that the film wanted us to find it funny. Put it that way. Um, I, I think we got to move into spoilers before we say anything else. But suffice to say, uh, I thought this movie was, was pretty awful. Uh, and like Jeff, I agree with everything you said. Nothing the characters do makes sense. That, that's the biggest problem is the character like i can forgive even the part about this movie trying to be four movies and not succeeding Mm -hmm. uh nothing the characters did made any sense to me and and that's what i think not any of the characters that that is single character that does anything that is the right decision that is the major sort of failing of the film for me like if, if, if the character motivations had at least made some kind of sense then i would uh be a lot more forgiving of what this film did but anyway uh, there's a lot to discuss. Let's move on to spoilers for Chappie starting right Wait, now. Can I say something quick about the Antwoord? Because I know you guys don't like what they're doing. Um, I will say this. Ninja and Yolandi, these aren't just actors, you know, putting on uh, a costume and putting on their performance. Like, these guys, like, I don't know. It feels a little more authentic, their insanity. And, yeah, sympathizing with them is tough. Uh, I think the movie makes that tough. But that's that's also on purpose, yeah. Now you're looking for the secret. I'm trying to see this coming. No, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. 
works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I've been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret. You want to be fooled. All right, so let's talk about spoilers starting right now. Uh, so, Jeff Kanata. Yes, sir. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I pull a firearm and point it at a coworker's head, that usually results in repercussions. It's just you know, fun, man. Dave. Just, just have that fun. Wasn't even on, that wasn't even on my radar of dumbest <laughs> shit in this movie. That wasn't even – that didn't even make the top ten. Uh, how about <laughs> – I'm going to show them. I'm going to – like what is his motivation at any point during this movie? He's going to turn the whole – country into a into a, a demilitarized zone right he's going to completely have anarchy and then he's going to and then he's going to take this <laughs> giant robot out and rip people in half with it and that'll make them want to fund it well he's he is very committed to his idea that uh you know that unmanned robots shouldn't be running the streets mm-hmm. that he is so despite the fact that it seems to be going just fine until he intervenes. It's totally it fine. To nothing, going... nothing is going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are, you, are you being serious, Stavinger? Because I'm being serious. I am being serious. Yeah. Dave, tone. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like, yeah, we it's... said this at the beginning of the review, too. Like, nothing is going wrong. Like, there is yeah. no tension with what these robots no t- are doing. Yeah, it's, it's not like yeah. – because uh, the, the robots are introduced taking down gangsters. Yes. Who, who clearly pose a danger to society. It would be one thing if they were like – even RoboCop, the new one, you know, was setting it up in a better way where you have these uh, militarized police you know, right. kicking in the doors of innocent people, right? Like at least right. then you Dave, kind of understand the tension there, right? Let me ask you this question, Dave. <laughs> you are the CEO of a company and the guy who has made you billions of dollars – because firstly, firstly, I'd say let's not give him his own office. Right. No. Oh, no, no. He has to sit in a cubicle with everybody else. He's made, he single-handedly made you billions of dollars. He comes to you and says, I have an exciting new breakthrough that's going to change you have everything. A world, you have a world-changing technology in your hands. Right. right? It'll change everything. Yes. Yep. Uh, just that sentence. Not even a follow-up. Just that. <laughs> do you want to give him the time of day? No. Or- not, not at all. How do you think I got to be CEO, Jeff? <laughs> Do you think it's by listening to every Tom, Dick, and Harry who come into my office with some crazy proposal? No. Got to focus, Jeffrey. Got to right. focus. Uh, how about this then? You are, you are said designer. Uh, you are told, you're told no uh, even though you were only at 97% AI and now you finally cracked that last 3% of AI. By drinking three Red Bulls and working real hard <laughs> yep. on the three percent of AI that you couldn't figure out. Yep, I'm with you. So, uh, you are you you decided that you're going to just do it yourself. You're, you're leaving, but unfortunately, you get kidnapped by by real gangster types. Yep, right. <laughs> yep. And they all they want from you is for you to uh, make them a uh, break all the robots so they can commit crimes or or give them a robot. Do you tell them about your incredible, your incredible breakthrough in, in explicit detail and explain exactly how that breakthrough works? And firstly, gonna... firstly, I want to say resounding yes to what you just said. <laughs> Secondly, I want to say if I was those people uh, that took that person hostage, yes, that took hostage a person who runs who 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 helps is one of the smartest people at one of the biggest security companies in the country. You should I let would, him come and go as he pleases. I right? would definitely let him come and go as he, as he pleases because there's no risk. 
to that no. whatsoever. He can, you know, you, you're pretty, you're pretty sure he's not going to do anything. You and your two buddies that you live with in a giant underground complex with neon signs, you're pretty sure that he's not going to tell his anyone about you. I, I definitely know he's not going to bring in a bunch of his army friends with him. You know, <laughs> I definitely know that. Like that's, that's a 100 percent certainty. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, oh so Devendra, I'm guessing, so like, I'm guessing you at least see some of these, but you're able to overlook them, I assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, guys, I realize there are problems, but it's like if you're focusing on that and not like I, I like the things I actually enjoyed about the movie. I, many sci-fi movies, I and mean, a lot of the ones I enjoy, fall apart if you look at the logical inconsistencies of all of this. I yeah. think the biggest problem though was uh, Sigourney Weaver's character saying, "Oh no, don't work on AI because uh, <laughs> you know it's it's only going to be the best thing in the world." Well, ever, you know, okay, and the way. Yeah. that she says it too it, and the way everyone says everything in this movie <laughs> is so heavy-handed it's not like well let me look at, like if oh like my mind is exploding right now because like the way you would turn someone down in real life is you would do it subtly and tie it up in a bunch of bureaucratic red tape right oh except that you, they you, she uses the actual words bureaucratic red tape in this movie <laughs> yeah. which i hate she yeah. said yeah oh my god we i i would dion i would do it but I, I, I mean, it's just like there's no way I could even insurance. And uh, I mean, look at this. Like, it's not even possible. No. I feel bad. I'm glad that you liked it, Devendra. I really well, am. I, I, I do I, feel like at the same time, like you, I think what the DeAndre characters were doing. Yeah, it's not very smart. They're not smart. They're not good criminals. That's why they live in an abandoned warehouse. I don't know. There are certain things I can definitely overlook to enjoy other aspects of the film. And I think they are there. Like the... The emotional core to Chappie, I think, is really interesting. And Charlotte Copley's performance, he was actually there on set. Um, yeah, he was great. There's nothing. It worked. It, yeah. he, he is, this is the best I've seen him in years. And by in years, I'm referring to his performances in Elysium and Old Boy. Which Do I you thought, miss Old Boy, Dave? Which, like, yeah, th- those were rough performances, guys. But he, this is this is fantastic. This is Charlotte Copley like, winning a lot of credit back in my book. Just mm-hmm. too bad the movie around it is not better. Yeah. I will say I I also appreciate the special effects too, Dave. Like what you were talking about. I actually I talked with uh, Chris Harvey from uh, the he's a VFX supervisor of the film, and like he was just talking about the little things that they did to make Chappie seem more lifelike, right? So I think initially they wanted to give him like one chain or something, like a little bit of bling. Uh, but these guys they really pushed it hard yeah, to I, give like, him a lot of bling, uh, and actually uh, that's hard to do. Yeah, honestly, when yeah. I saw the chain. Uh, and how many there were i was like oh my gosh that must have been a nightmare to animate like all those shapes yeah uh but yeah it is convinc it is totally convincing it's super convincing we, we haven't even talked yeah. about the major third act plot twist in this film which is that you can transfer your consciousness there we go that's, okay. that's what we need to get to we do okay. need to get to that for sure <laughs> I, I think that is the one grain of something interesting that happens in this movie and it's completely handled as a throwaway get out of jail free card yep. yep instead of being a really interesting sci-fi concept that could be explored and the ramifications uh you know analyzed and and dramatized but no it's just used to to save characters that we don't even like yep yep and it's and and it's another example of of just completely insulting my intelligence as a person who likes science and is interested in technology to be able to go like zip zip strap some PS4s together and we got this thing like 
there's no there's not even lip service paid to to how this thing works like how why it works or they don't they don't uh, need to explain how it works what's interesting there is that that's like that's the sign of chappie's full maturity right like this is a an ai that you saw as a baby creature a couple hours ago i guess and uh, he's managed to create something that lets people transfer consciousness so it's like he also has with him he also has that thing with him in the other room where he didn't build the thing like it just works now everywhere that that helmet is (laughs) It'll just work I mean, that way. Yeah, I do. I do not know the specifics. Uh, well, I, 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 I mean, know, all, like Jeff, the program was on his bio computer. Like that's that's, that's how he, he and took it's it. Indestructible. He took yeah. yeah he took it no. from his home to the new lab. That's how he. That's how he was able to work on both him and Dion. He did bring all the stuff. Right. I think the the idea <laughs> of creation, right? It's a, it's an ever accelerating uh, idea of technology here, right? Humans create a new consciousness, and what does that new consciousness create? The ability to actually copy consciousness. I know that as a concept, I found it interesting. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of crap you have to sift through to get to the really good stuff in this movie. And I can understand that uh, if you if you get distracted just by the crap, then yeah, this movie you could easily get lost. It's in. fascinating that you, yeah. I mean, I think like you think it, that is the good stuff, whereas we feel like that is more crap. I mean, it just <laughs> I mean, it is so it, it is so poorly. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. so like cursory. Like it's handled so perfunctorily. As to as to like disrespect that concept in like the actual concept of reality. Like I, I'm I'm shocked that you were into it, Devinder, because if you are actually into consciousness transference, this movie does a disservice to that concept. I mean, opinion. I don't I don't know how into people can be into consciousness transference right now, but I will say compared <laughs> to something first like was awesome. <laughs> Oh, compared to something like transcendence, right? Like it's it's not just somebody becoming the internet. It's not just like some insane. Like, yeah, like this movie treats it about as well as uh, transcendence, in my opinion. But that's my oh, opinion. I know you yeah. disagree. I feel like it it does earn it a little more, just because it is it's something like the movie culminates towards that. It's not just something that happens at the beginning of the film. It's like right. oh my god, no, we are internet now. Like, it, it does all build up into that. It's also like they they go through to great lengths to create the situation where this this new life form has to abide by the rules of all other life forms, i.e., living and dying. Right? right. It's going to have right. to die. That's is that part of life? Oh my gosh! Maybe death is a part of life, and maybe you can't achieve life without. De- ah, no, fuck it. Everybody can live forever. Who cares? Let's just trans. It's like it's just it's just treated as this happy ending win button and. It, 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 I think it gives complete short shrift to any kind of interesting side to that concept. Right. And, and you know, Jeff, we talked about this article at waitbutwhy.com, right? We'll link right. to it in the show notes called What Makes You You? We did right? an entire episode of We Have Concerns based around That's it. right. And it was a fascinating article about like, okay, if you were like transported – like if someone transported you to another location, like if they took apart your molecules and assembled you again, like would that be you? Or would that be a different person, right? Like, right. And it's great. It's fa- it's a fascinating topic that this movie just completely like craps all over in my opinion. <laughs> like, there's there's so much there to explore. This movie never should have even attempted it because the way it did it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeff, Jeff, let us. Uh, we we need to go back to talking about how bad the security in this movie is. Oh my god, <laughs> we need to, Jeff, you're the head of security for Tetraval. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Um, Gotta ask you a question, right? You have this key that can basically operate 
you know, all of the robots in the entire yeah. country. In right? fact, at the beginning of the movie, uh, we, we're telling the public, don't worry, highest <laughs> level of security, nothing to worry about with robots being armed to the teeth in your communities. Why? Got that key. Got that key, right? Got that key. So, so firstly, you would definitely not put any cameras no. it. You don't no. want to put any guards on it, right? Why would I? You wouldn't want a alarm system to notify you if it was missing. <laughs> No, right? it's in a yellow cage. Yeah, no, true enough, true enough. Now, let's say some person absconds with it, right? You definitely yes. um, – you don't want to storm that person's house immediately. No, give them a polite phone call give and them ask them what's call, going on. Let them come in. And you definitely want to make it so that that chip can override every single robot in the country, right? Every single robot in the country. <laughs> and in fact, uh, when, uh, when uh, Hugh uh, – what's his name? <laughs> Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Hugh Jackman. When Hugh Jackman's character uh, logs on, uh, there's clearly some sort of uh, monitoring system for all the robots. And there's clearly one robot that is uh, functioning uh, rogue on its own. But uh, – No, let's, I, let's not deactivate that. Like, no, just... I wouldn't – not only would I not deactivate it, I'm not even going to be concerned with it, nor am I going to have any staff members monitoring that. 24-7. These are only highly armed, indestructible death machines out in the community. True enough, true enough. Here's another point. Here's another point. If we're going to use the moose, right? Like, let's say you're designing yeah. the moose. Oh, yeah. You, you, want a, you want three displays to show you what's going on. But in addition to that, you also need a VR headset. Right, of course. And, and only one camera mounted on it to, to read. In. And, and it's the largest camera ever put on anything these days. Uh, so you could easily shoot it. I like how the whole idea with the moose basically is basically reverse uh, RoboCop. Re- reverse right? RoboCop. And, I, you know, yeah. I could have sworn that the voice of the robots – yeah. Well, it looks similar, but I could have sworn that the voice of the robots was Peter Weller. I actually mm. looked it up. I was like, that sounds like Peter Weller voicing those robots, <laughs> uh, which that would have been be a nice awesome. homage, I thought. But, but I thought the moose itself was sort of an homage to the giant uh, two-footed thing from, uh, uh, from RoboCop. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh I did God, think the there – the, the thing is like I think there was a real – there were many good movies to be made in here, right? Even, mm-hmm. the, even the thing about like Chappie and his morality. Like if the movie had just been that, right – Right. Uh, I felt you, you, there's a lot there to explore. Like, yeah, it's what, an what, allegory, right? As great science fiction is, it's an allegory to good parenting. Is it nature exactly. versus nurture? Exactly, nature versus nurture. I was thinking to myself, I was like, this movie could be about nature versus nurture. And is there something inherently good about people? Like, if you have a blank slate of a creature, right? Can like how much of that is really like you know something inherent to that creature, and so how much of it is what you teach them? You know, um, there, there's just so Another much there. Concept shot all over by this movie. Right. Um, I agree. I agree. So uh, th- that's the most frustrating. Uh, you know, Devendra, if it sounds like we're being hard on this film, I think it's because we see a lot of good in the movie, right? Like a lot of potential that was squandered. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, what I've heard was that everything sucks about the movie, though. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's also <laughs> true. So that's. I wanted it yeah. to end so badly. I, I was. I could not believe how dumb a movie this was. I, I, and it makes me frightened for the next Alien movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, interesting that uh, they released the news of the Alien movie before this movie even came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wonder now, was that like a strategic move? And if they had done that, you know, two weeks from now, right? How well, different I will say How different would that news the, uh, have been received, right? Yeah, that was the sort of like a conspiracy theory a lot of uh, movie critics were 
kind of uh, gunning around over the past couple of weeks because it did seem like oddly timed. Right. Um, like, but I don't know. I did. I did not expect everyone to outright viciously hate this movie. So maybe <laughs> they were right after all. But Jeff, like, it shocks me. Before you said you prefer Elysium to this movie, and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even know about that because there's other than the visuals, like other than some of the visuals too. Like that is a far dumber movie that doesn't make a lick of sense. And I couldn't care about anyone in there. At least I do care about Chappie here. I kind of care about what Dion is doing, even though he's not the smartest guy. And uh, Yolandi, um, her transition to something a little, you know, someone a little more sympathetic, I thought was interesting. Yeah, and, do, um, and, and yeah. to be fair, Devinder, I, I do think that last point, like I actually liked the relationship between Yolandi and Chappie. I, I yeah. know I said the answer overall, Casting the Antwoord as the lead was not a good idea, but Probably mistake, there yeah. were touching moments to that relationship that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Well, Here, I mean, here's what here's the more troubling thing, though. Like the, the big picture troubling thing is he's just mm-hmm. taking the same ingredients and like <laughs> rearranging them in slightly different ways. Right. Now, right? right. I mean, and even even visually, it felt like we're we've retreading the same territory. Right. Uh, you could take a screenshot from well I mean Elysium you know they're w- with them on the whole like uh rich planet place like right. that at least was a different look. But you could take a screenshot from District 9 Elysium and this movie and you might not be able to tell which movie they came right, from, right. right? Like just in terms of the look and aesthetic. So <clears throat> I do think that the alien thing will give him an opportunity to play in yeah. a completely different sandbox. As long I as hope it's a great script from someone else. A great yeah, script right. and, and that explores something like explores concepts that he has not attempted before mm-hmm. because I think he's reached the limit of what he can explore with, with the, his own, the, ideas. The, 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 his own yeah. ideas. Right. I mean, there's so many similar elements to these films. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the idea like Matt Damon in Elysium, right? Like that character, mm-hmm. there's a time limit on how long he could live. Ditto uh, Chappie in this film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just even, so many recurring elements in all these movies. And there's that there's that sequence in this movie uh, where uh, Chappie's on the run alone, and he kind of comes to a rise at, at dawn, and he's like injured, and his arm hurts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think I've seen this three times now. <laughs> this exact <laughs> sequence. Yeah. 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 At the end of District Nine, also the consciousness transferring was a lot like yeah. Charlotte Copley turning into an alien. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally hear that. Yeah. Like for me, Blomkamp is, he's basically somebody who's a lot more like George Lucas now. Like he's a good visual stylist maybe. Right, right. And maybe Shyamalan too. Like I think the way he stages action is actually really interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm I, I, like, I like the action actually. The, the opening action yeah. sequence is pretty solid. It's just, yeah. there's only two action scenes. There in isn't much going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think he's a talented visual guy. You just got to give him a better script and something better to work with. Um, it's but funny, yeah, it's funny you're referring mm-hmm. to him as George Lucas. Leo Baumkamp is 35 years old. You know what I mean? He's, uh-huh. He is theoretically just at the beginning. He made right, District right. 9, you know, when he was like in his 20s. You and know that's I mean? why like, he's gotten so much clout. Too, right, like, right. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, um, and th- we see that sometimes. We see filmmakers who, who are given a ton of creative control early on in their career. Shyamalan too. Right, yeah. like Shyamalan, right? They produce something amazing. And then they never have anyone to say no to them again. Because if you say no, it's like, dude, this is a guy that made District 9 when he was 29 years old, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you going to have a better idea than him? You know what I mean? He made District did 9. You, did you case. make yeah. something that made, you know, uh, over $100 million when you – or $200 million when mm-hmm. you were in your 20s? If not, maybe you should shut up. And that's exactly like the mentality that gets you a film like Chappie in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So – could, anyway, yeah, I totally hear that. So, so Devendra, yeah, I mean, I think we, as usual, we disagree on some things, uh, but I do appreciate, you know, I don't think your viewpoint is, uh, 
completely incomprehensible. There's definitely a lot of people that really appreciate this movie. I agree. Oh, um, very I few. Very few people, apparently, because looking at Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. I saw a, a lovely film drunk uh, review of this film who, who mm-hmm. you know, he thought this movie was so nuts it was amazing. But yeah, this movie has 33% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's not doing mm-hmm. very well. So uh, anyway, you know, Godspeed to Alien. Like, let's just hope that it ends up in a better <laughs> yeah. situation. Well, uh, like, also remember, we sat through Prometheus, guys, and that was also a very pretty movie. That was fundamentally very stupid. So we'll see. Like, right, it, right. But, but I think we also yeah, gave that the tongue lashing that it deserved as well. I think I we recall. did, yes. Yeah. But also that that was, you know, from the guy who made Alien. So yeah, true, I'm true. wondering, like, what Blomkamp can do, yeah, coming from this movie. <laughs> true enough. True enough. Uh, I, I, this does not inspire me with a lot of hope, put mm-hmm. it that way. So It was massive disappointment for yeah. me. I mean, I, I wanted to love this movie. Me too. Yeah. I went into wanting to love it. Um, yeah, I, I, so many people on Twitter asked me is it is it dumb good or dumb bad <laughs> and i'm like it's not dumb good i but i i totally appreciate your perspective davindra i root for people to like it if you go in and you maybe have low expectations and and can have some just pure slapsticky fun with it which i think it kind of does well i guess um i just i did i was completely out of this movie so far, I just wanted it to end. I thought it was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, and actually, when it got to the end, we haven't even talked about the like the very end, right? Which is <laughs> that they are able to bring Yolande Visser's consciousness back from you know and bring it into robot form. Who for some reason has a face. I guess that's the next model. That's never explained. Lady uh, face, gotta have a lady face. Yeah, and it's just like okay. Um, at that point in the movie, I just wanted it to end. Like I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like really. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I hope they, I hope they revive her. No, no one gave a crap about those people at that point in time. You know what I mean? Like right. those characters are so they're trying to rob innocent people. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what they're doing throughout the movie. And so, why would you want to bring them back? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't Everything know. Everything bad that happens happens because they stuck their big foot in in anything. Everything like. Everything bad that Hugh Jackman does in the movie would not have happened had those people, which kind of turned into our heroes, not tried to fuck with shit. Well, to be fair, Jeff, they were, uh, you know, they were in a bad situation. You know, they uh, they, they did have to money. pay. They did oh. have to pay that gangster like. Uh, what $20 about million. the fact that there's subtitles for an English-speaking person in this movie? <laughs> I appreciated that. I appreciated that. Yeah. It's hard to understand. So, all right, guys. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> Man. So, uh, find more episodes of this Jeffy's podcast. Jeffy's not alive. 